Hello, world. This is Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 93rd Church Mag Podcast. But one of the interesting things that's happening with the whole process is they have an intentionality. Just having the give button highlighted on your website, it isn't enough. There's a perception that churches want people's money, okay? And let's not lie, we do. We've got bills to pay too, right? Focus not so much on dollar amount and need, but to focus on participation and, and making disciples and recognizing that generosity is a part of that. This week's podcast is brought to you by MoGive. MoGive makes it easier than ever to integrate mobile and online giving for your church, ministry, or nonprofit organization. Learn more and sign up for free at MoGive.com. That's MoGive, M-O-G-I-V.com. On this episode of the Church Mag Podcast, we talk with Kent Woodyard about church e-giving and what it looks like to market like BuzzFeed. If you would like to plug into the conversation, use the Church Mag Podcast hashtag CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Again with us, we have Kent Woodyard from MoGive. That's MoGive.com. They are an awesome online and mobile giving solution. One thing that they do that's really cool is they combine your online giving with your mobile giving. So it's kind of a more of an all-in-one solution, which I think is always great because it really helps consolidates and keeps everything in one place. And that's what they provide. So Kent, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. Hey guys, great to be here. Thanks for thanks for letting me back on. You know, right now in the online world, BuzzFeed is kind of the thing as far as websites that can get traffic. Love it or hate the quizzes and the top 10, blah, blah, blah. BuzzFeed gets a lot of traffic and they have done a lot of unique things with their marketing. And we're curious to kind of explore and dig around a little bit how churches can use that. And even in the relationship of marketing their online and mobile giving, Jeremy, set it up for us, man. Yeah. So if you think about BuzzFeed, you probably think about everything you just talked about, Eric, on the the gifts with cat memes or with the polls that you take or the videos that are on YouTube. But one of the interesting things that's happening with with the whole process is they have an intentionality. Two years ago, actually now it's 2016, three years ago, they had been one of the lowest news agencies out there, and he had put out to in an email. In three years, we are going to be the number one news source, and they have now become that out of all the different online mediums to do that. And so they're at this point where there's this virality about them of trying to get something to be successful. And in an article that is going to be out by the time this episode airs, there's going to be there's a there's a couple of different things that they're doing well. They have an intentionality of trying to be successful where they do something called growth hacking, where they're just testing things out over and over again. And so when they found success with the polls, they made 100 different polls on 10 different princesses and trying to be the best person you can or whatever else there is. Which princess were you, Jeremy? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, let's let's we'll pause real quick. Let's do this guess here. I'm going to say that Jeremy is... You are not doing this. <laughs> I am. I am. No, no. I, I think Jeremy's probably going to be like... Uh, 
golly, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between Rapunzel and, um, uh, golly, and, uh, and I keep thinking, I keep flashing to Anna from Frozen because Anna wants to constantly talk it out, but she's too bubbly for Jeremy, so I don't know. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing, Phil, is that I think when it comes to Jeremy, the cold never really bothered him anyway. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? He's like a weird split between, like, Anna and, uh, and Elsa because he's that detached clinical feeling, but he wants to talk it out anyway. <laughs> I think, I'm going to call, I'm going to say this. He is Elsa and Anna's mom. He's the queen. Unfortunately, he's dead also, but oh, still. Far too young. <laughs> Got it so personal, so quick. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to just going to stop that right there because <laughs> I, this is a bad, bad road. Because you know what else to do you next. And no, don't worry, I'm thinking about it. I'll pop in when I figure it out. You want, <laughs> okay, okay. You, do you want to be known as the person that makes the counselor cry? Is that what you're trying to go for right now? <laughs> <laughs> so there's this, this mentality within growth hacking where, you try something out and you tweak it very quickly. There's a whole mentality within the reporting business online that you have to live with the legacy. You have to keep with the traditions and Buzzfeed's approach is our traditions are going to last about nine months tops, not like 10 years at a time. And so they're always changing things rapid cycle in this process and never really holding on to something deeply because they want to have that maximum impact. Now there's this new mentality within them called something platform agnostic, where you have the website that's there and you want that to be okay. But you know what? We're just about the content and it doesn't have to be just exclusively on our website. We're going to put it on all the social media platforms. If they come to our website, fine, but it's all about them getting into the eyes of what's going on. But ultimately in the back of their strategy is they want to have something that can finance what they are doing online, whether it's talking about amazing sports, which they had uh, an article out that talked about how tennis was trying to um, fix games or some different political stuff where they've been releasing stuff about Hillary Clinton. And they're actually in the news business for real news. And people don't think about it that way. And it's different than other news organizations because other new news organizations have to sell the advertising to be afloat. And they're always struggling. Buzzfeed is working from a surplus. And so I get this mentality, at least with church technology and with churches in general of, is there a way that we can have a BuzzFeed mentality, not so that we're known for cat gifts, but so that we are working from a surplus and an intentional strategy and, and moving forward in this process that we are actually the forerunners in this process like BuzzFeed is doing as well? Yeah. And that's, man, that's a great question. And I love, I love kind of the, uh, that approach because I obviously have, I've seen BuzzFeed and we've been around BuzzFeed for a while. Um, and, and finding a way to translate that model to the church environment is is really really exciting for, for one because the primary knock against buzzfeed right is, is the superficiality of it it's, it's clickbait it's hey look mm-hmm. at this but once you get here all we want is your page views we're not really concerned about giving you any any relevant um or or especially meaningful content um but and i think that's where they've transitioned now as you've mentioned into some of these um larger conversations um but for the church i mean we've got uh the most important message right the most important conversations that um that we want to have. And so modeling the things that, that Buzzfeed is doing really well. And some of the first things that come to mind there are it's, it's extremely uh, 
relevant to to whoever the the viewer is you know when it when it comes up on on your feed they've got that headline that's going to grab you and you're going to want to click it and so um there's that and it's also very consumable so they're just putting out things that it's very easy for you know our, our increasingly distracted and and busy culture to consume and so for churches um finding a way to, to take that model um without without um, undermining the content without undermining the the things that we're saying and, and the truth of the gospel that's trying to be communicated, um, but but putting it into those kind of those kind of models and into Twitter. You know, I've seen churches that use Twitter very well. They're they're taking a pastor's thirty five minute sermon and they're and they're distilling some key points and they're and they're putting it out on Twitter, right? And so then there's that that message, but then there's a link maybe to the full content if you want it. Um, I was actually at a church that I think did a really good job along these lines with with their sermon videos. So like like a lot of churches, they post their videos, this the sermon video to to the website on Monday morning. And I was talking to the tech guy there and, and they would get maybe like maybe two hits, maybe three clicks so throughout the course of the week. Um, and so what they did was they would take that video and they would just chopped it up into into a bunch of three minute four minute videos and then had kind of this this archive on their site or this this library on the site where you could go and here's here's pastor dale talking about three minutes of uh of sanctification or here's here's just a really cool story about the resurrection or here's uh you know whatever whatever it might be um just making it more consumable so you're not asking people to to commit to you know 35 minutes if they've only got three and you're still able to communicate to them in that period. So, and, and I think when it comes to online giving, because giving to the church is still such a sacred act, you know, we're, we're hesitant on how we present that. But the thing of it is, is that, that the content or the, the interaction that the internet begs um, can be done with giving because just having the give button highlighted on your website um it isn't enough, and it shouldn't have to be enough. I mean, you, you can do more with your giving more than just having a give button on your website. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's really the key, is, is finding ways to, to kind of close the gap between the digital and, and the physical world, right? And, and we've seen this with technology from mobile phones. Now we've got wearable tech, right? So it's just kind of becoming more and more a part of, a part of our lives. And so on the giving front is, is this closing this gap from Hey, I gave on Sunday morning, uh, and that's kind of my experience. Or, hey, I gave online, and that's a completely separate experience. But bringing those two together, um, one great example that comes to mind there is just with the the streaming process. A lot of churches now are are offering streaming worship services on their website. If you can't make it in, you can you can watch from home, um, and that's been a really really great thing for a lot of people. Not just shut ins, but people who are traveling for work or. Uh, um, just aren't able to make it in for whatever reason. And so um, combining that with the giving experience, right? And, and if you if you have giving tools, making them available right there on your streaming page, right next to the window. So you're not having to be pulled out of the worship experience to go do your gift. You know, you, you feel just like you're there on Sunday morning. You're, you're kind of participating during that process. Um, it's another great another great option for the mobile giving. And in the back channel, Phil, you were talking about some of the traditional formulas or formats of giving that's been done institutionally as the church, okay, and being able to bridge that gap into the uh, online giving format. By the way, by the way, you're Ariel. Anyway, moving on. So uh, I think that uh, for for me, Kent, and and back me up on this if you want to, if if we're going to argue that, and I think we've said this for years, I know we say it at our church all the time because there's a perception that churches want people's money, okay? 
And let's yeah. not lie, we do. We've got bills to pay too, right? But it's not we don't want the money for the money's sake. We want to we want we want people. We want to know that they're giving to God and that they're it's it's giving out of a of a worshipful um and a uh, and a, and a, a freed up spirit where they don't feel compelled, they don't feel obligated. They feel like they're truly worshiping God through their their obedience to the tithe and their their sacrifice through the offerings. And so we communicate that time and again in our church. So to me, thinking back to Eric's example of the of the church tech who who needs a little bit of a ammunition to kind of convince people that it's biblical and right to do mobile giving. Don't you think, and and I'm setting you up for an easy yes here, but don't you think that if giving is worship, we should use every avenue possible to make that worship possible? Absolutely. That is an easy yes. But uh, I even I even like the term that Jeremy used a little bit ago about BuzzFeed with with being platform agnostic. So when it comes to giving, you know, churches should be, they should be device agnostic. They should be channel agnostic, right? Cause, cause like you said, the goal is to get people engaged, to get people giving. Um, and it's not even about, it's not even about the dollar amount, right? In my mind, it's always about participation because of what you said. The goal isn't more money. The goal is more disciples. And as Christians, we believe that, uh, giving is, is an integral and essential part of, of becoming more like Christ, of, of, of that journey that we're all on. And so, um, whatever it's going to take to to put that option in front of as many members of the congregation as possible uh, is the goal. And with you know with checks continuing to to decline and and cash being you know seemingly in, in fewer fewer quantities, uh, these these are now new tools and new devices and, and whatever the thing is that's next, right? So we're talking about mobile phones, we're talking about wearables. Who knows what it's going to be in five years? But that but for the church. Um, and again, going back to the BuzzFeed uh, kind of cue to start is is just constantly being engaged and reinventing and, and, and being willing to try whatever's next, to try whatever's new. Not saying, okay, cool, we've got a, we got on our website, uh, we're good for the next decade. You know, like we're set. It's it's no, it's whatever whatever's happening next. Let's continue to to evolve and change with that. And it should be noted that right now there's a huge thing within mobile pay with uh, trying to get your iPhone to have Apple Pay or Android Pay. And and MoGive was there before those launched. And so I feel like MoGive is doing the BuzzFeed mentality of figuring out where there is success, how to set up the church for success, how to empower and enable the average church member. And so I think that you guys are already in that place of trying to just say, let's get there. Let's do this. Let's have some kind of um, ability to take away the pain in the giving process. And, And I love that because if I think about everything I do on my phone, half of my purchases are via PayPal on my phone. And, and, I have to still go back to the mentality of let's pull out the checkbook to give to our church. Yeah. And that's just two steps back in that process because that's not how I'm doing it right now. And there's some greatness about having church be different, but not with something like this. Right. Well, we in one set ourselves apart, but not here. Yeah, exactly. If, if this is, if people write, you know, 12 checks a year and you're hoping that, that every one of them comes to the church every month, you might be uh, you might be in a tough spot. Um, the one, the one thing I wanted to note here is, is along the lines of, of some of the common pushback that we get from churches is the one, the one that really, I think, um, lands and, and does make some sense is this concern that online giving, digital giving, it's somehow going to, 
um, gonna feel less real or it's gonna, it's gonna just be out of sight, out of mind. Especially, you know, one of the great benefits of online giving is the ability to automate your giving month after month. Um, and that's, that's what I do with my church just to ensure that it's consistent and, and stable from one month to the next. Um, but it does, it does then take some work on, on my part, on behalf of the giver to continue to be engaged with that process. And I know that that's a fear that a lot of pastors have of we don't want it to become like, you know, like their cell phone bill where, where they don't feel it. Um, but there's some really, some really great things that I've seen churches do to kind of connect the digital experience again with the, with the physical service on Sunday morning, which is, you know, you could have a card that says I gave online that they can actually put into the offering or, um, one church I heard was, was really cool. That it was, they, they just tell everybody, Hey, bring a dollar, you know, bring a dollar on Sunday morning, regardless of where you do your, most of your giving, um, let's just have a hundred percent participation this morning, like in the offering. And then we're going to take that money and we're going to give it not, not to the general operating fund, but that's going to go to, to outreach or to a specific a family within the community. Right. So it's, um, it's kind of extending the, the generosity act from just, Hey, I, I clicked a button online, you know, six months ago and it just runs ever since. Um, but, but pulling the giver back into the moment, which I think, um, yeah, there, there's creative ways to do that. And so that's not a, um, an objection or a reason to not pursue online giving. It just shows how that's not the end of the story. That's not, that's not all that churches need to do. They need to continue to have these conversations and, um, and bridge that gap. And to me, this Kent with the MoGive platform, um, if if a church was doing a special promotional like coffee for kids or maybe meals for Mexico, you know, whatever, whatever those promotions may be, maybe say it's a coffee or it's a meal where, you know, members of the church are asked to fast one meal from the day, uh, pray during their lunch hour and take the money they would normally spend on lunch and send it to the missions trip or, or something like that. Something kind of something that's that short term creative, almost a BuzzFeedish feel, right? Where you can kind of market around it. Does MoGive give you the tool set that you need to have selective giving for a specific mission or goal, you know, something like that? Uh, absolutely. We absolutely do. And uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about MoGive specifically, but then some other thoughts about, about mission giving in general is, um, so within MoGive, you have the ability to create as many different campaigns as you could ever need. So limitless number of, yeah, uh, special outreaches, missions, missions projects. Um, a lot of churches do like campaigns around Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. So kind of holiday, holiday bound giving. Um, so you can do that. And then with the, the mobile tied to each one of those campaigns. So yeah, if somebody's given up something for lunch, they can easily pull out their phone. Um, and send send the gift in right then and there without having to remember to go back to their computer when they get back to the office, right? So it's that in-the-moment giving. Um, we got this other cool feature. Uh, it's called Give Up, which is just kind of a little little side feature that's been in MoGive since the beginning that a lot of people don't even know about, which is the ability to, if you're texting in your donation, you're not only texting in the dollar amount, you're also texting in the item that you've sacrificed. So if you gave up lunch, if you gave up a latte, if you gave up you know a night at the movies or a round of golf, um, you could text golf and then I don't know what around a golf costs, but you, you text that into the church and then the church receives uh, not only the donation, but also then this report showing the items that have been sacrificed. And we've seen churches use that to really cool effect where they can show on Sunday morning. Hey, don't not, not look at the dollar amount that we gave. Look at what members of our church have, have foregone and sacrificed to uh, yeah, send meals to Mexico. Um, and it's just a really cool kind of picture of that sacrificial giving that we get talked about in scripture. I mean, we're, we're not able to really anymore bring, you know, goats and, and chickens and doves into church uh, for our offering, like, uh, like in the old Testament, but this is kind of a, a, 
uh, contemporary way to, to model that same activity. That's a very good point, Ken. I, I, I like that idea. I mean, I, the idea of like, you know, people before they gave their offerings, I mean, aside from obviously like, you know, sin offerings and guilt offerings, but they, they brought their offerings to the church with what they had. Uh, and it was a sacrifice, not only of like their livelihood, but like literally they're bringing something in that must be taken away and, and killed. Yeah. And so we're, we're testifying to the, the role that God has in our lives by giving financially and then announcing we're giving this in place of this thing. We're sacrificing some sort of temporal pleasure for the eternal glory of God. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I think is cool about this is that, you know, initially we were talking about, okay, this is kind of what, how MoGive works. This is online giving and this is what it looks like. But then being able to see within the standard tool set, so to speak, of MoGive or any other, or many other online giving solutions, you can apply like what Jeremy brought up, those kind of the BuzzFeed uh, marketing ideas and able to spin things up creatively that really makes it engaging and and a lot of fun, quite frankly. Absolutely. And that's, that's a huge thing. And we've been talking more and more about this with our, with our, the churches that we work with is, um, and it's kind of going back to the, going back to the Buzzfeed example of, of with, when it comes to missions giving, when it comes to these outreach campaigns, um, those are a great, great way for churches to drive generosity. Um, because, you know, it, you got somebody in there on Sunday morning, they're talking about the work that, that a person or an organization is doing, you know, around the street, around the world. Um, there's going to be people in the congregation who are moved to respond to that, who might, they might be watching the offering play go by each week. And so, you know, I think of it as, as a different, a different headline in my newsfeed or different thing coming up online. It's going to grab my attention that maybe a lot of the other things haven't. Um, and so it's, it's a way to continue to engage more, more members of the congregation in generosity, in giving, um, than just the typical offering and in connecting the, the money given there to the act. That's why things like meals for Mexico or Turkey drives or things like that are great, great ways to do it because you're not saying, Hey, we need, we need $5,000 to feed needy families in the area. We're saying, Hey, we're trying to buy 250 meals this week. You know, you got 20 bucks to help. And then, and then celebrating the meal, celebrating the impact, not just the dollars raised, um, is a great way to continue to kind of expand that give up option sounds pretty cool i can just imagine like you know every week somebody getting up there and being like listing off the different things and how it would inspire other people people would be like oh yeah i never thought i could give that up or you know i should skip that this week i mean it could create really this uh this avalanche of giving yeah no we, you got to be careful though we one church tried it out and they got a ton of things back uh, a couple of them that were like you know some guy gave up alcohol uh for the church some guy gave up marijuana for the church. And so I was like, hey, really, really appreciate that. <laughs> might want to might keep that one up. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but let's think about it, though. Seriously, if you can, if we, you can drive a wedge between someone's heart and their sin, and that wedge, if that's generosity, whatever, yeah. wow. if it, if it, if it drives powerful. that wedge in there and it gets that foothold where God can begin to work on their heart, first through generosity and then to other means, it's amazing. We're doing, um, I mentioned this before, we're doing a foster care uh, camp. For a camp for foster care kids this summer, and we're talking about it. And I was just talking to some of the people in charge of the camp, and they were telling me some of the names of people who are eager 
eager to get involved. And I was shocked, not that they would get involved, but they would, they would, they would express their desire to be involved so passionately. And as people who like are good people, I like them. I'm, no, I'm not trying to dog them, but they're not people I would consider like very passionate about churchy things. But they saw a need, a real need. And sure, it's a real gospel, real kingdom need, but the kingdom part didn't catch them. It's the fact that it's a real human need that concerns them as much as it concerns God. And of course, it concerns God more because God's better than us, but whatever. It, it, just, it, it struck me how if you properly communicate a need to somebody, you can get an incredible response out of even the least likely sources. And so if we can use uh, – here's a question for you on a side note, Kent. Do you – uh, in your in your work, do you find churches are calling offerings still? Are they calling it generosity moment, or what are they calling it? Because if you can, the word offering I think is a little bit detached and old. But if you can communicate the idea of generosity for a reason, then I think you're going to get people to uh, step out of their selfishness and to move into new areas of giving and sacrifice. Absolutely, um, yeah. And, and to your question, there, there's still a tremendous range um, of, of what it's called. I think the key for churches is just for consistency, right? So if you're going to use, if you're going to use the word tithe, for example, um, you gotta, you gotta probably explain what that means to some people and then talk about what that means is tithe. Is that the most or is that the minimum, you know, is that and the kind of, where does that stand in the culture of the church? Um, but yeah, a, a wide range of, of offering, offering moment, uh, generosity time. Some churches, as you guys I'm sure know, aren't even passing a plate anymore. They just um, have some some boxes in the back or, or focusing on mobile or focusing on digital options. Um, but yeah, really, really the goal being to um, to to connect generosity, to stop stop having this attitude of, of generosity is happening because the church needs money. And man, wouldn't it be great if we didn't need money, right? Like we've got to raise all this money now, and then we're going to really go out and make a difference. Um, but saying no, like my giving is ministry. Uh, generosity is part of kind of the core uh, identity as a church because of all these other things we're doing. And so, yeah, connecting, connecting it to the, the impact being made. It's not about, Hey, the church needs your money. It's man, we've got these, these, this huge vision, this, this grand um, plan for, for the minute, the impact we're going to make in the neighborhood, in the city, in the world for the gospel. Um, and you are a key part of that. You're, you're a key role. So I love it when churches, they, they don't have like their, their stewardship Sunday. And then like two months later, they have their mission Sunday. Um, you know, we got to take these out of silos and start, start bringing them together. So I'm sure you can't, you have your own takeaway kind of action step that you want people to have. I want to interject mine first before you get to yours. You understand giving more than any of us and you know what it means to do this well, theologically, practically. And so my challenge to everybody listening is he's going to say, go and give and to use his service, which is excellent. And I'd, hundred percent support it. I would say maybe that first step is go have a conversation with Kent and other people at MoGive, not on how to use the service, but how to make giving the best thing ever, how to communicate this well to the pastor or to the board of deacons or whatever else needs to happen that you guys can be set up for success really, really well. Absolutely. And yeah, and we can, we can talk about, about MoGive all day long, but, but we even tell people that the tools themselves are, are a small piece of the puzzle, right? You, you want to have the right tools in place. And, and we think that MoGive on the, on the text giving, on the mobile giving, on the scheduled giving front, on the website integration front, we, we really feel good about the tools that we have, but um, the, the tools are only half the battle, right? The biggest, the biggest thing is going to come from, from how giving is communicated and discussed 
and and felt as as a church and as a congregation. And so I think that's the uh, I guess two two takeaways is is one um, love love seeing when churches have um, just huge big vision for for what their church is going to do and accomplish I, I heard a guy say recently that if your church if your church has enough money or if your church isn't strapped for cash your vision is too small right every church should feel this pinch because there should be more that they want to do uh, if only the resources were available so um really modeling that to your congregation you know there's a church that we worked with uh, it's a church planning network actually out of california and, and each one of their church plants commits to giving 10 percent of their annual revenue to future church plants and so these are these are tiny little little churches that aren't flown in aren't, they're not they're fl- flooded with resources but they are saying hey whatever we do get we're giving 10 percent of it away um and it's just been so cool to see the the multiplication that that happens from that so I would say have have a big vision for your church and make sure that generosity is is a core component of that. Um, and then the other thing is kind of touching on what what uh, Phil brought up earlier, and we talked about a little bit, which is these uh, the, the goal of of more engagement and more participation uh, with the congregation. So not not saying hey, here's our dollar amount goal. Not saying here's uh, you know here's where we're hoping to be. Um, yeah, or the things that we're going to build, the things we're going to do, but saying hey, our goal is just have everybody giving on some level. Um, I, I saw a stat that said, uh, on average, 45% of the congregation of the average church congregation gives less than $200 a year. Um, and would love to, to just flip that on its head, you know, instead of there being 18% who are funding 85% of the budget, um, having it be, you know, 75%, 80% who are giving, um, consistently each month and are participating in that process, whatever, through whatever channel. Um, so I think that's another thing is for churches to just focus not so much on on dollar amount and need, but to focus on participation and and making disciples and, and recognizing that generosity is a part of that and and putting tools in place that are going to make it easier for more and more members to to participate. Kent, if someone has questions about the MoGive platform, or they have uh, questions that the pastor has, or maybe the board has, or maybe they're getting stumped from the board, or, you know, whatever the case may be, yeah. if they need to talk to somebody who has fielded just about every imaginable question regarding uh, electronic giving in the church, how do they contact you and talk to you? Yeah, so our website mogiv.com m-o-g-i-v.com is a great a great place to start but but i'd also encourage everybody you know hit me up directly you can email me at kent k-e-n-t at mogiv.com um and uh we've got a host of resources we've i've written probably three different ebooks covering this exact topic because that is that is a big a big hurdle that a lot of a lot of pastors or tech guys run into is just getting buy-in from the rest of the leadership team um, before they can go down this path. So, yeah, Kent at MoGive.com is me directly, or just go to uh, MoGiv.com. There's some resources there you can download and, and things you can check out to help hopefully help make your case. Yeah, see, there there you have it. You heard Kent on the Church Mag podcast. You've seen um, some of these free ebooks offered on the Church Mag website. You know, here's Kent. He's talking about it. You're hearing him. It, you know, living in the flesh, you can email this guy directly. <laughs> he will answer your questions. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. I'm a real person. And I'll even tell you what Disney princess I am. He's a real person. So please, when you email him, do not use caps lock. <laughs> no. 
Phil, Jeremy, did you have anything else? I do like how Jeremy said, hey, Kent, what's your takeaway? But first, my takeaway, because mine's more important, and you're the guest, so sit down and shut up. This is my house, son. No, it gave you me time to formulate my takeaway. That was I appreciated that. As oh, a, I get you. It's a little bit of a preview. Like, Kent, yeah, in a minute, I'm going to need a takeaway. You think while I talk for a minute. I'm just giving you time. It was totally me having empathy it's, for our guests and having them set up for success, not me being selfish and wanting to get the It's first like on out. Wednesday nights when I'm going to go up there and take the offering after worship, and I'm like, the usher's going to come in and take the offering. But first, a few thoughts, because I get this one geriatric usher who, God bless him, is a lovely man, but cannot hear for crap. And so every like every Wednesday, the other usher is yelling across the back, hey, hey, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he gets up and then starts walking for, and literally one, one, one week, the poor guy never heard him say, Hey, so literally the other guys halfway up the front of this huge auditorium and the other guys in the back, finally he turns around and calls back, Hey, get up. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the front, like trying to tell jokes and like, you know, uh, avoid the awkwardness. It, yeah. you know, Which is never good. Never good. Which we always know is a bad sign. We've heard enough stories to know that when Phil has to put on his uh, stand-up routine, comedy routine hat, it's never a good thing. Well, it's, time for, it's time for the yuck-yucks. You know I'm in trouble. <laughs> That's right. Somebody will get insulted. That's when his wife stands up and leaves the sanctuary. <laughs> no, she just buries her head in her hands. Thank you for joining us today. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, use the hashtag CMAGCast or visit churchmag forward slash riddle me this. We also really like iTunes reviews, so if you can take a moment to leave one, we would really appreciate it. Until next week. One does not simply start the Church Mag podcast without Phil Schneider. Uh-uh. Good morning. Okay, that was a little bit too much there, Phil. You actually cut out. Was it really? Yeah, you overwhelmed the Googles. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Good morning there, Church Mag fans. How are we doing today? Hey, hey, hey there. Better? Jeremy hasn't had any kind of wakey wakey beverage, so um, kind of <laughs> I, I think he just took care of it, Phil. That's, that's why I'm late because I was driving to the studio, quote unquote, my office at church machine, and it was taking forever. First world problems, right? Now, did did he cut out for you guys or just for me? Yes, no, yeah. he cut out. So, is, is this better now? How's this? It's better now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Phil, you're just, you're really overwhelming the Googles. Well, it was, I'm uh, a church You're laggy. You're laggy, Phil. Yeah. I'm laggy? Yeah, we don't know what you're using, Phil, but it sucks, so please stop it. Let me do a quick reboot and see if my, refresh my, my uh, RAM real quick. One second. I'll be right back. Okay, he's such a RAM refresher. I am. He would say he refreshes I am. I don't know what he said. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's aim. He's gotta, <laughs> yes. gotta come back around. Guys, I gotta leave my away message real quick. <laughs>